cannot allow the podcast how is it going uh, welcome back you guys it is the start of a new week it brings its own challenges both seen and expected and unexpected and unforeseen we are here we're chilling today is going to be a topic that is raw and unadulterated and uncensored so i just kind of want to put it out there now if you are someone who is uncomfortable talking about sexuality or masturbation or you are uncomfortable and easily i don't know queasy about it i guess or judgmental about it now is your sign to exit i don't want to judge you i'm not gonna you know hold it against you if this is a topic that is not comfortable to you, now is your time to go away. Okay, I assume they have left by now. Welcome, guys. So by the uh, really clever <laughs> title of this podcast, I bet you already know, well, maybe you know, but today we are talking about female masturbation. That is correct. We are talking about, as I so beautifully put it, we're talking about a flick of the clit. <laughs> that title came to me um, at two o'clock at night when I was just sleeping. And well, I wasn't sleeping, but I was just days. And this title just came to me. I mean, I wanted to talk about masturbation. I have shied away from very raw topics because I was kind of nervous about how it would be perceived. But at this stage, I'm kind of like, chuck it in the fuck it bucket and I'm just gonna do it because I want to do it um both masturbate and talk about it and I just felt like what better uh you know title than flick of the clit because well that's not the only way to masturbate but it's definitely a form let's just get into it you know I was nervous about doing this particular topic just because I was not certain how it was going to be perceived by uh, women I knew that were Indian and, you know, maybe didn't grow up openly talking about female sexual pleasure, which is a lot of Indian families and Indian women. I, I did not grow up openly talking about masturbation or female pleasure. I just kind of was left to my devices to discover it at 11 years old. So I kind of wanted to get into that. Why are we as Indian women, why don't we talk openly about female pleasure? Why don't we, because everybody does it. Every, you know, I want to say every woman does it. I think at least maybe there's a lot of women who don't. Maybe I don't know. But I do want to talk about why we're so cagey when we talk about female masturbation or why we're so not openly discussing uh, it. And maybe we don't need to openly discuss it. Maybe that doesn't need to be the way we go. I definitely feel that talking about it kind of helps destigmatize it. Because in the Indian society, I have seen so much misogyny attached with female pleasure, whether it's masturbation, whether it's asking for something in the bedroom. I think that's more enabled by the fact that we don't uh, openly talk about it. We don't talk about, um, you know, female pleasure. I think a good place to start is uh, when we hit puberty, when women hit puberty. And I can draw based off my experience how, so when I, 
I hit puberty earlier. I was around 11, which I would say is sort of on the, at least compared to my friends, was on the earlier side of things because a lot of my friends got their periods when they were 13 years old. So anyway, before that or during that phase, there was all of these hormones, all of these feelings, all of these, I don't know, sexual fantasies that um, were not explained to me but I was lucky where they were not villainized for me so you know my parents didn't make it seem like I was going through yucky feelings or god forbid ungodly or uncouth (laughs) feelings or devil worshiping just because I wanted to you know have sex so if I trace it back to that time in my life I know personally, I just sort of discovered masturbation. I just kind of fell into it. I, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us sort of fall into it. Nobody told me what it was. Nobody was, you know, in sex ed, which was, we had a really bad sex ed session. Nobody went, oh, so masturbation, by the way, is when you stimulate your clitoris or vagina to reach a climax point. Nobody told me what that was. I kind of just, you know explored it felt good I kept doing it and I don't actually remember the first time I achieved climax or orgasm but I know that it was so good that I wanted to keep doing it again and I you know eventually it started going into the watching pornography territory you know fantasizing and then eventually having sexual relationships uh, not when I was in, not when I was 11 years old. I mean, that that happened like well into when I was 16, meaning not losing my virginity, but at least sexual experiences. So it was kind of, uh, I mean, I definitely started doing it at 11 and then kept doing it till now. And um, I had to sort of make an educated guess about what was going on. I mean, it was like, once you hit, I don't know, 15, 16, and guys around me started talking about how they masturbate and how they watch porn, I would kind of realize, oh, so they go through the same thing and they're doing the same thing that I'm doing, except no girl friend of mine had that sort of open conversation about masturbation and none of us would go oh what kind of porn do you like or do you masturbate it was hidden I mean we didn't even talk about our periods openly or when we got it if we got it it was so secretive to have your periods to ask for a pad was like you had to do it in some sort of stealth post-nazi era code German I don't know way of just asking for a pad a very you know, normal part of a teenage life. And that's because when we did, you know, find out about periods and sex ed and all of that, or that this was going to happen, uh, it was sort of, you know, we have to be, it was sort of implied that we needed to be discreet about it. And that if boys saw you with like that, you know, pad, they're going to make fun of you or they're going to laugh at you. And that's embarrassing to get your periods is embarrassing to stain your skirt is embarrassing. So if that, you know, normal bodily function of a pu- a child in puberty was so deeply, you know, entrenched or what's the word, it deeply wrapped up in misogyny, masturbation was a very, very far cry for any woman. So 
when your body changes and you know I feel like everybody's gone through this during puberty you're already sort of acclimating yourself to everything that's changing so to be embarrassed about it is just another level of anxiety and I don't know shame and guilt associated with very normal changes in the body and I equate masturbation and discovering masturbation to that very natural part of being a human being except for women for female masturbation it's not something that's you know very very normalized it's soaking in misogyny it is wet with misogyny and it is dripping (laughs) with misogyny I don't understand why because why am I not entitled to pleasure my own body why is me touching myself villainized but a man touching himself is normalized I don't understand it I will never understand it it is soaking dripping wet in misogyny all kinds of women masturbate. All kinds of women touch themselves. And the fact that we've made it so taboo to talk about or the fact that our misogynistic culture is playing uh, playing a role into how I pleasure my body just says, says something about the authority that society or the Indian society thinks they have on a woman's body. The thing that bothers me the most also is how we're enabling it by being quiet about it in my opinion, because I don't want to say that you need to, you know, go guns out, talk about female pleasure and talk about how you want to rub your clit. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I think, you know, every time I've tried to have an open discussion with my friends, it's sort of, uh, oh my God, can't believe she's talking about it. Oh, don't talk about it. It's not normal. This is not great. This is not good. It's not something that is frequently talked about. Porn is another very kind of essential topic when we talk about masturbation I don't know how to feel about pornography because of the deeper misogynistic narratives and the unrealistic expectation from a woman's body and the really aggressive almost rape adjacent type of plot lines I mean, some of these plot lines are just straight up rape. It's just incest, rape, um, just ungodly amounts of orgasming or being able to take a pounding. But it's still a integral, quote unquote, part of sexual development, which is finding these videos or literature and, you know, understanding or fa- having that safe space to explore your sexuality. So I'm really sort of confused about how I feel about porn specifically as a woman and as a woman who is understanding of her sexual role in a relationship. I'm talking more, I guess, heterosexually speaking. (laughs) But in heteronormative relationships, in the dynamic between man and woman, a woman is very clear of her role in the bedroom. From From when she understands that she needs to get married, it's all about actually no, not even not even just till marriage, even before marriage, when she reaches a a, not forget sexual maturity, when it's understood that you're going to find a man and get married and whenever that is, women are very clear that their role is about pleasuring and that you cannot or you're not really taught how to ask for yourself to be pleasured i know i didn't i still struggle with asking how to be pleasured in the bedroom and when i would have uh guys that i was hooking up with 
want to do that for me, want to go down on me or want to pleasure me, I would be surprised. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Just get up here, do your thing and let's get this over with. It was not something that it was something that they wanted as well. And it was not just, you know, me. It, they they didn't men did not think at least the guys I've been with, we've all been with weirdos. But the guys I've been with did not think it was weird for me to ask for pleasure in the bedroom. In fact, they wanted to give it. Me, on the other hand, was like, what? <laughs> you want to give me this, but not a committed relationship? Interesting. <laughs> this is fascinating stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of women even discover sexual pleasure until they're in a safe relationship whatever that might look like, whether it's a uh, marriage or commitment, whatever it is, we're not taught or explained that we can, we can do that and not feel guilty. One thing I wish I had was a open conversation with my mother about it. Very typically like an Indian woman growing up in the 70s and 80s was just this was as brainwashed as a lot of women are today about the you know association with female sexual pleasure and the shame associated with it and so I just looking back now I think if there was the destigmatization with female pleasure I would be able to ask her questions and not have to figure it out myself and the internet can be a very <laughs> dark place sometimes and it cannot really contextualize a lot of feelings, a lot of urges, a lot of fantasies. And I know that maybe a conversation, open conversation with my mother would have given some perspective on that. Even when I think about my first sexual experience, I wish I could have asked her questions because I, it would have saved me a lot of heartache if I knew sort of not just what to expect, but if it was an open conversation that this is wrong and this is right and if this happens it is wrong and if this happens that's okay basically just a, a, just a, a, a basic understanding of opening open conversation about your body and an open understanding about what's okay with you and what's not i know that would have helped me a ton and i know that that's something i'm going to prioritize if i have any kind of child <laughs> what I mean is male or female um, in the future I would want to have an open conversation and an open dialogue about sex and about masturbation and about pleasuring and achieving orgasms I know my mom my mom had rationalized it as there's an age for everything and a time for everything I sort of agree with that like I'm not gonna you know just offload onto 11 year old all the realities about a sexual relationship and your sexual maturity but I think I want to have an open dialogue or have a sort of open communication to know that whatever you're feeling isn't wrong and whatever is happening to your body is natural and it will take time for us to figure out what gets us going and what doesn't and it's okay it's okay to have that period of trial and error because we're not supposed to just drop on this earth and figure out okay well this is what I like yes there is natural instincts but I think climate and environmental factors have you know I can go into this whole you know study about it but all I wanted to I guess take away from that is if the conversation had not been 
stigma. If the conversation had been normalized, I know that I think it would have saved me a lot of time figuring out a lot of stuff that could have just been told <laughs> to me. You know what's another really critical aspect of reaching puberty or sexual maturity in an Indian household, especially if you live in a big city? You don't have your own room. You do not. You share a bed with a sibling, most likely, or two or four. In my house, me and my sister didn't have separate beds. We didn't have separate rooms. And I know a lot of my friends didn't either, unless you were like brother and sister, which was so lucky. I used to hate when, you know, you had a brother and you could have a separate room. That did not happen for me and my sister. I wish it did. <laughs> because it sort of throws another wrench in understanding your body and having the space to sort of explore that and that's something that really if I think back now I'm like oh my god the things you do without your sibling knowing is just insane the I mean sharing a bed and reaching sexual maturity at different times is not easy and the ways that you have to kind of sneak in a moment alone here or there with yourself and just you know flick the clit and get it get it out of your system <laughs> um oh man there's so many there's you know f- discovering fingers discovering hand showers like hand bidets if you're not if you've not grown up in an indian household you don't know what a hand bidet is but a hand bidet is essentially like this shower jet stream thing with incredible force i might add sometimes <laughs> that cleans your bum after poopy and also helps women discover <laughs> sexual pleasure um what else shower heads fingers uh just rubbing yourself on things it's kind of it's kind of disgusting if you think about it now but why is it disgusting is that my misogynistic conditioning because i i think jerking off into a sock is as disgusting or jerking off in the shower i don't know um and that's more messy. I feel really bad for guys sometimes. Their masturbation is messy. Ours is discreet. You won't even know. We've done it. We're done, so Wrap it up. Let's get this show on the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just so, oh man, I wish that wasn't a thing, but it is a thing in lots of Indian households. Man, the number of times the... <laughs> This is going to sound so bad, but the number of times that I would like almost risk a parent walking in, I'm just, or my sister walking in, it's so embarrassing because I have to just be like, not not doing anything here. What are you talking about? Why am I like losing breath? That's okay. It's just because, you know, I'm, I just ran around the room. (laughs) That's why I feel so out of breath. It's not at all because I was doing something else. And it's sort of like, I think it's unspoken. I think like, you know, when you're like, when it's happening to you or your sibling, this is so strange. Okay, please bear with me. I know this topic is a little bit like, for me, it's embarrassing to talk about internalized misogyny or not. But the fact that, you know, (laughs) I would have to be aware of when like, my siblings around and she would have to be aware of when I was around and you know just sort of do it when we could or do it whenever there was some privacy sort of thing this sounds really fucking weird but I I hope you know what I mean like if you have a sibling you know what I mean 
Meaning, <laughs> this is so, this sounds like incest. You know what I mean when I'm talking about sharing a room with your sibling and also discovering sexual pleasure. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh man, Dude, I should have I should have said that more clearly, but I hope you understood. <laughs> you know, when I went to America, additional to just the initial discovery of pleasure, I sort, I... America has a very open way of talking about sex and masturbation and that really was super refreshing to me just because I did not grow up in that community and I would have liked to. They have their own stigmas, don't get me wrong. Obviously, they have their own hiccups about sex and female pleasure as well, but definitely more advanced than in Indian society. And so when my friends would talk about buying sex toys... I was so nervous. I I was not sure if this was for me, if I'm going to enjoy it so much that I will never want to be with a man again. I was not sure. And did I want, you know, clitoral stimulation? Did I want vaginal stimulation? I wasn't that experienced. I mean, I was experienced enough, but not as much when I was, when I bought my first sex toy. You know, the fact that I was so hesitant because I was afraid of what people were going to think of me. First of all, I wasn't going to tell nobody that I had this pink little pocket rocket with me. It's just going to be in the privacy of my house. So I don't really know (laughs) who would have known about it, except for my roommate, who was also buying a much more expensive vibrator, might I add. Shout out to my roommate. But anyway, that was really difficult for me to walk into a store and, and... just be not giggly at all just be like yeah I'm just kind of looking it's my first time (laughs) and it was so embarrassing how giggly I was about it and but it was empowering it was a very empowering experience to go in and buy my first sex toy it also changed the game for one night stands for me if I can offer you any piece of advice if you get some, if you really want to have sex and it's, you know, you're sick of, tired of masturbating and you would just like a human body, get a sex toy and ask him to use it on you and do, you know, whatever else human body stuff you want to. But if you cannot reach orgasm because, you know, like me, you need the emotional connection to reach climax, sex toy changes the game. I mean, vibrators, but it could be honestly anything. It helps me. Oh, it makes my one night stands that much more bearable (laughs) because before I would just be like, okay, now I'm like, my drunkenness is wearing off. I'm done. I don't know this person. I just want to sleep. And he just seems to be going, you know, wherever he's going and I need him to reach there so that I can go to bed. But if you get a sex toy in the mix, then you're like, okay, now I just want to focus on myself and my pleasure with whatever this is. And because I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but one night stands or hookups, like people that I'm not emotionally connecting with, I necessarily cannot have the most fun with. But I also sometimes, you know, I'm not in a relationship, so I would like to have sex. So hookups are kind of what I do. Well, not what I do, but what I have to do at that time. So sex toys really changes that up and makes it so much more fun for me. And if you are someone who's single and not in a relationship and not right now, but eventually contemplating just hooking up with some people because we've been in lockdown for so long, sex toy, buy your sex toy today. Use code CLIT, 
for 50% off misogynistic thinking I don't know okay this has been this was my experience buying sex toys in my country and I I don't know how to feel about it when I got my apartment when I got my place for the first time I decided to buy a sex toy because I was like you know what's really fun to live alone and watch porn without headphones and masturbate openly for yourself (laughs) and I was excited I got my you know the whole sex toy experience was sort of I it was nerve-wracking because I for some reason thought I would be imprisoned if anybody found out that I possessed a sex toy because my country can be like that it's kind of a fascist uh autocracy is that what it is it's it's fascist and I wasn't sure you know if I would be imprisoned (laughs) But Amazon, Jeff Bezos, for the win, my guy. Uh, Actually, pause on that. So, well, what I'm trying to say is I bought my first hand massager, quote unquote, on Amazon, which was just really a vibrator and a sex toy. And it had all of the descriptions, like can get wet, can put inside body is, you know, latex that is body, whatever. And so I was like, okay, perfect. It's this cute little pink one done I just need one I'm good and there so the way that you buy a sex toy in India is you have to kind of know somebody who knows somebody who can get you the hookup and it's there's no real public site and I think there is one public site um I'm, I forgot the name it's I think it's like I'm Bishram or something it's very popular but at the same time all of the options there are hella expensive like nothing goes for less than five thousand rupees and i mean i'm good sometimes i don't have five thousand rupees to spend on my female pleasure just because i'm a broke bitch but amazon had these hand or body massagers for like a thousand bucks and i was like you know what that's good this is good and everybody i know has purchased you know, from Amazon, these hand massagers. So that was kind of how I got my first sex tour. If you actually want to get into the more complicated sort of sexual pleasure toys, like your kink stuff or your dildos or I don't know, whatever else, gag balls, handcuffs, butt plugs. I'm not your girl. I'm a very simple person. And, but I mean, if I find any resources, I will definitely make a post about it on my social media. I am just not someone who has ever experimented with those. Not unwillingly, just haven't had the chance. If you know, let me know where to find it so that I can give information to the public about where to find your ball gags and your belts and whips and butt plugs. Before I end this episode, I do want to say that the ability to talk about sexual pleasure is a privilege, unfortunately, in my in our society, in our Indian society. It is not a right yet. It is. It is a right, but it's maybe not looked at and it's, you know, not easy for all of us to have the space to talk about it. And it's not easy for us to rationalize our either sexual orientation or sexual wants and needs. Sometimes you can't even do that in a relationship because of this deep-rooted stigma that is associated with sexual pleasure or female sexual pleasure. So I want you to know that by no means me having this conversation 
am I saying that not talking about it is wrong and playing into the misogynistic role? I understand the culture that we come from and I understand why it has to be like that, even though I have a certain outlook or preference for how I would want it to be. But know that not allowed is a safe space. And if you ever wanted to talk about something or have any questions, I don't know if anybody would, but you know, you can always reach out to me. I'm I'm very open about all of these things. I come from a very zero judgment place. So I would be more than happy to set any kind of context if you ever had any question. Just just throwing it out there to whoever possibly might need it. By no means I'm an expert, but if you wanted to have a conversation or sort of a big sister advice, I would be more than happy to share what I know and maybe even validate some of the feelings that you're having. And know that it is not disgusting to want to be pleasured. It is not disgusting to touch yourself. It is not disgusting to ask, you know, a partner to make you feel good. And it is definitely not disgusting to talk about it in the open, whether you can or you cannot. Most importantly, by no means is it a is it a yardstick to measure someone's value or worth or how much of a good person someone is or how much good values they have it's not a yardstick talking about female sexual pleasure does not mean that you are a less than human being or you're not a quote good girl destigmatizing it is what i'm really trying to gain from openly discussing it that is all for this episode i am gonna go masturbate now and it is 10 24 i'm a glass of wine in it makes me horny thank you guys for listening as always i appreciate it so much that you want to hear what i have to say i hope you have a good time flicking the clit giving yourself the orgasm that you fucking deserve especially during this pandemic i hope you get all the orgasms you ever wished for ever wanted ever can give yourself and i hope you have a good rest of your week i will see you guys on my next episode a tidbit coming up on thursday i will see you guys then till then masturbate (laughs) goodbye